It be too late to alter course, matey. And there be plundering pirates lurking in every cove. And mark well me words, matey. Dead men tell no tales. <laughs> the code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. You notice I didn't interrupt you this time. And it what are you talking about? You like. did interrupt because I got to <laughs> go. No, I was adding this on to the end of my introduction whatever okay because it's thanks for joining us for minute 137 of curse of the black pearl but yes i am proud that you didn't interrupt the tagline the very beginning of the introduction see you told me last time it was cutesy and i didn't like that oh so i I want to be cutesy i found your weakness then there we go now i will hold that against you and be able to use it it's like with great power comes great responsibility Now I know your weakness. Getting back to where we are, this is 137. It's a riveting credit crawl episode that rivals almost any cinematic moment in the entire film. It's full of sword fighting, tall ship sailing. Oh, none of that. No. White words going across the black screen? What are you, reading my notes? (laughs) (laughs) We do have Malibu rum and pineapple going on in the studio today. We actually do. We've teased it, but today is the day that we actually have... Some tropical drink action going on. It and only, a little rum. It only took us 137 minutes. Took us 137 episodes to wise up and go, what the hell are we doing? We're talking about it, but we're not doing it? No. <laughs> yeah, we're doing it now. And there it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's nice and cool. We do have the pirate word of the week, though. Now, I say that with words of caution, since we are now putting the entire success of the episode in Heather's hands. Can you actually set the tone for this credit-laden minute and give us something to remind everyone that, yes, we were actually dealing with groundbreaking pirate action at one point and are now left digging through the afterthoughts of this movie? Yet, these are the master craftsmen and storytellers that made this happen, so of course we do want to give them a proper breakdown. I mean, why should they escape our scrutinizing and plundering, too? So we definitely need to do that, but no pressure to you, Heather, but I think it's time for Pirate Word of the Week. Curse you for breathing, you slack-jawed idiots. It's the Pirate Word of the Week. We're going inferner. Shiver me timbers. Hey. That was You don't need to bring any racism. Not foreigner. Anywhere. No. Hey. I don't know what's going on over there, but that's some crazy pronunciation skills you got there. Ferner. Ferner. Is that what you're trying to... Are you going all crazy on us all of a sudden? Because this is a inclusive pirate community here. No, no. It's Caribbean. There's all kinds of people that come here all over the world. You don't need to be saying Fern or... (laughs) That's just wrong, by the way. (laughs) No, it's a ship which be your own. A ship that what? Which be your own. A ship which be your own. Not one you steal and plunder. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it doesn't make sense. It makes sense that you have your own ship and you don't Plunder and steal from it because that'd be dumb. No, plunder and steal from another's. I know. Nah, that. Yeah. Were okay. you not listening? I don't know. Do you ever I, listen? That's what I want to know. It's the. So if it's the rum this time, what's it been for all the other episodes? 
you're not green sure. drinking before the sessions Maybe. or what? Maybe I was. That just doesn't make sense to me. Okay, you're I got lily it. You're lily livered. You're lily livered. But I got it. Ferner. That Ferner. means a ship you don't steal from because it's yours. Yes. Which sounds weird because you'd want to call your ship not the Ferner because the Ferner means it's kind yeah, of a foreigner thing. You think yeah. that, hey, come on, pirates. Take some literacy test here. Let's get on your comprehension skills. In the previous minute, breakout stars and ego-driven characters get their proper place in the limelight as Butler stands tall in the credits after suffering at the hands of Governor Swan and all his tea time and finger sandwich demands for years. And in a who's got the last laugh now moment, he uses his face to block a bullet and thus secures himself a spot on the credits above young Elizabeth Swan. Tally-ho, sir! Meanwhile, Crying Boy manages to take a move from the butler's playbook and slip in just ahead of Marty, who rounds out the last of the main cast crawl. Oh, the humanity. Yeah, poor Marty. Let's all raise the roof in a bid to get justice for Marty. Let's do a petition. Yeah, we'll do a care to (laughs) petition, get Marty upgraded. Yeah. Minute 137 begins with Will, double utility stunt, closely followed by helicopter pilot David Paris. It's funny because I didn't see any helicopters in this movie, but I could have been overlooking that. (laughs) The stunts roll with an incredible list of 90 names. The minute ends with a round of applause for Ager Dryers, the costume department coordinator, and makeup supervisors, and completes the 60 seconds with special effects contact lenses by... Professional Vision Care. Parts of the Caribbean Minute, brought to you by Professional Vision Care. We'll there expect were, that advertising check in the mail. There were actually a lot of contact lenses in this. There were. In this movie. There were actually it, a lot of them, from right. yellow to... Sunglass ones. Sunglass ones. So if you want to have that scurvy look, <laughs> go to Professional Vision Care. They'll set you up with the pirate look. So you know, I really want to look sickly today. To uncomfortable wooden-looking ones? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Maybe we should all do that. Let's all go there and suggest, hey, we want this. And then they'll start carrying it and then we'll just discard the order. They'll think Pirates of the Caribbean is coming back and they want all the (laughs) eyewear going on in stock. Since we get an overwhelming list of stump people in this minute, there really is only one way we can professionally handle everything and bring the information that all the listeners are waiting for. You know, all that information that they're just waiting at the edge of their seats for. So, obviously, this show would be too exciting to walk through the entire list of 90. So, we might just do 45 of them. Okay. Well, actually, just to. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we don't actually want people fembodying themselves into oblivion. (laughs) So, the clear question that must be answered is which stunt person has your favorite name? Which name caught your eye before they glazed over? Before your contacts dried out? Since you failed to get them from Depp's choice of eye doctor. Like I said, this episode brought to you by Professional Vision Care. I went with... I say it this many times because it's like Twitter with the Kardashians, for instance. They get so much money per tweet. I'm trying to get us to that thing where we're getting cents on the dollar for every time we mention Professional Vision Care. That way those royalty checks just come rolling in. Dang. Do you have a deal with them? I do not, but I'm hoping to after this. <laughs> I went with Sonia Munsterman. Sonia Munsterman? Yep. You got a cold thing going on over there? No, it's allergies. Because, man, you sound like you're holding your nose. <laughs> I'm swimming underwater doing this. Maybe I am. I'm actually swimming. I don't even know why I'm mimicking <laughs> swimming right now, because nobody can see this. You don't even swim that way. How dare you? 
I'm, I'm kind That's of dog like a frog swimming. I'm, well, I'm, no, do, frog dog paddling's like that. I'm in the chair, so I can't like do big arm motions or anything. I'm hanging out, like swimming so like just, a frog. Do your legs gently, move like that too? I'm just jet, gently treading water and moving my arms. Okay, Sonia Munsterman. Sonia Munsterman. She's actually been around doing stunt work since 1987. Wow. Yeah, she started with Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries for stunts. <laughs> trying to remember that. <laughs> I think it was all remake of the events. That's true. It was yeah. remakes of the events. Yeah. She's known for Curse of the Black Pearl. Well, no kidding. I mean, <laughs> after Unsolved Mysteries and you jump to Curse of the Black Pearl, this is going to be the movie that's a standout on your, <laughs> on your resume. I mean, you can highlight Unsolved Mysteries if you want, but me, I would go with Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> So, Curse of the Black Pearl, Transformers, and in 2001, she was in an episode of 24. Oh, there you go. Transformers and 24, all popular stuff. And she's actually been in quite a few TV shows, just like one episode's here and there through the years. Yeah, stunts demand. And she has done some acting. In 2009, she did Spring Breakdown. Oh, I remember that. And that's actually going to be our next Movies by Minute is what was the name of this again? Spring Breakdown? <laughs> Spring Breakdown. Brought to you by Professional Vision Care. And we will do a minute breakdown of this. It's a movies by minute. Spring Breakdown. Wait, you can hear a character. Okay, character away. Female wrestler in salsa. I've noticed that a lot of. Well, that's interesting. Female. It took me a minute to process that. Female wrestler in salsa. Yes. Yeah, I'm actually envisioning that right now. And I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> There's got to be a euphemism at the tip of my tongue, but it's not registering. So I'll leave it up to everybody else to insert your own euphemism there. And in 2006, she was in an episode of Criminal Minds. Let me guess. Female wrestler in pudding. No, this time, red dress prostitute. Wow. (laughs) I've seen seen a theme going on with her. (laughs) You think? Kind of. There's something going on there. It's a little shady. (laughs) But I've noticed a lot of the stunt people... Also do bit parts and yeah. start like kind of these extras and things like that. Probably because they're on the set and they just maybe need somebody. I don't know. Or yeah. they're just kind of in that business and it's like, hey, do we need somebody to do this? Will you do it? And yeah. they say, yeah. She was actually the woman that was going to be the stunt person if Elizabeth didn't want to jump off the plank. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, Which I never th- understood the big brouhaha about that. They made it a big deal that you didn't have to really jump off there. Well, it's like a diving board just into the ocean. It's not like it's a thousand feet up. Yeah. Come on, Elizabeth. There's sharks out there. I know you were young at the time, but you can do it. She did did do do it. it, So I'm proud of her. She said, no, I've been standing here for two days. I'm going to do it. Exactly. So what about your stunt person? I chose one name that really struck a chord with me. One that represents everything about my humble self and my most excellent social butterfly and people skills. Um, what? Ace Hatem. Now, I'm pretty positive, actually. He pronounces it Haddam, Ace Haddam. But where the hell is the fun in that? <laughs> this is a name that means a lot to me in its original context when I saw it. Haddam, Ace Haddam, plus the humble first name Ace. You know that you're not taking things too seriously and you're being humble about yourself to just call yourself Ace. Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm Ace. So yes. it's humbleness. That's what I really like about it. And Haddam. Well, much to my surprise... Ace Hatem, okay, Ace Hatem, is nonetheless Roshin Ace Hatem. Oh. Well, isn't that just a flip on my perceptions? Yeah. My preconceptions. I figured surely a man would only be named Ace. 
Yet turns out Ace is just a nickname. Oh, you fooled me, credit makers. How dare you? <laughs> and you ruined my favorite stunt person's name. Not only is Ace not her name, but it's not even Hatem. It's Hatem. How dare you guys? Anyways, Roisin has been on the stunt scene since the late 80s, starting things off with the memorable Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler comedy, Big Business. Do you remember that? I don't know. Okay, no? I guess my sarcasm has a point in its column now that this yeah. is not a memorable movie. No. She goes on to work in all kinds of things from Iron Man to Blade to Spider-Man 2 and 76 other films. Oh, well. Yeah, she's been doing it for quite a while. She's also a bit of an actress, just like your salsa wrestler <laughs> prostitute lady. As she's had bit parts in a number of television shows spanning Star Trek The Next Generation to Blue Bloods, the former being credited as Hostage and the latter as Yelling Woman. So I wonder if there's a trend for her here, too. Maybe. Yours is a strong... Sexual? Possibly with the prostitute in there, there could be connotations of maybe she's had a beatdown in life. Mine, on the other hand, is the victim. So we got yes. kind of a strong wrestling woman type and then the victim. Yeah. With the yelling woman and the hostage. So dichotomy in action here. This is cinematic gold now. While we didn't want to cover everyone, like I said... We didn't want to go through all 90, I mean, that would just be crazy town. <laughs> there were a few names that caught my eye, not just for the name, like I said before, but because I have heard of them. And since I have heard of them, then it goes to say we should probably give them a bit of time on the show, too, just to spread that knowledge around. First up is stuntman and actor Brian Williams, and also disgraced and now recovered news anchor who managed to embellish his experiences in the war. Really? Make up stories. Yeah. Fake news. Uh -huh. Mr. Williams. How dare you? I don't no, know. No, actually, it's not a relation to him. <laughs> Brian is an incredibly prolific stuntman who's amassed almost 220 stunt credits alone and wow. 44 acting credits. This guy really is a workaholic. The best part of Brian's resume is his sheer ability to integrate himself into some of the greatest, yet cheesiest, and iconic 80s and 90s television shows uh, that have ever graced the at-home and silver screen. Please tell me you have some, because this will be awesome. I do. And not to mention a few popular late 70s shows. So... If you want some cheese spread with that pop culture, you go to Brian Williams. His credits include The Man from Atlantis, 70s show. 70s show. About a guy who could breathe underwater. The Man from Atlantis. Okay. Kind of like an Aquaman type. Rockford Files, Bachelor Party, Johnny Dangerously, Hardcastle and McCormick, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, MacGyver, Spaceballs, Hunter, Quantum Leap, Master and Commander, since we mentioned that last week. And the list goes on and on wow. and on. Dang near everything. This guy has probably been in every dang show there ever was since that time. Wow. At least at one time. He must be a really good stuntman. Stuntman or stuntman? I don't uh, know if he can duplicate himself. <laughs> <laughs> or is that the rum talking? <laughs> it's the stuff he knows talking. It's the stuff he knows. Another one is Kofi Alam. And he comes from a stunt dynasty as the Alam family is well known and well respected in the motion picture industry that spans four generations and six decades. Really? It's like a circus family. You know what okay. I mean? You know how like okay, the circus. Okay, you were being serious, but I was wondering what you were doing. No, like the circus family, they go in and then they end up, because of what they do circus-wise, they end up becoming stunt people because they're... I guess that's true. And you would know from circus families, because you were what, the bearded lady or was it something else? No, I don't, I don't know this. I, I know thought it you were a bearded television. lady or something in the circus. No, television told me this. Anyways, as a sideshow family background that you have coming from that sideshow family i don't but okay you would know the circus reference i don't so i'm just gonna take your word for it heather will be appearing at circus 
Circus Circus Circus as the bearded lady coming up next summer. Go ahead and see her there. Kofi's grandfather, Daniel Elam, was a bit player and extra. His father, Greg Elam, is a stunt coordinator, second unit director, writer, producer, and a number of other things. His father has a stunt training school and was the stunt coordinator for the motion picture The Color Purple. And he doubled for Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, and Gregory Hines back in the day. Oh, wow. Kofi's older brother, Chianti, doubles Will Smith and has been Samuel L. Jackson's sole stunt double for over 18 years. Wow. So if you don't know who he is, just watch a Samuel L. Jackson movie and you might get a glimpse of him probably in there at some point and you won't even know it. His oldest brother, Usan, doubles Denzel Washington and Lawrence Fishburne. And Kofi himself has had more than 110 stunt credits, including recent films Chips and Kong Skull Island. And he was a stuntman in the first four Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Oh, wow. So we saw him too, because we just watched... Chips? Well, we actually both watched both of those, Chips and Kong yeah. Skull Island recently. So yes. I remember him. He was that one guy who died. Yeah. And then in Chips, maybe not. Bob Elmore, the last one I'm going to talk about right now. And he was somebody we actually talked about back in an episode not too long ago when Jack was about to get hanged, because he's the guy who plays the executioner. Oh, Okay. I did mention I had a little more details on Bob, but it's nothing too exciting as I don't really want to create hype that just fizzles out. Because I don't even know why I kind of teased it at the time either. It's not like this is exciting, groundbreaking things that I teased. And so I don't know why I did that. Bob was John Candy's stunt double. Kicked things off with a live action stunt show at none other than Disneyland's younger sister, Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, really? Specifically at Knott's Berry Farm's Wild West stunt show, which debuted on October 7th, 1974. The show was only scheduled to run Monday through Friday during the winter season in the Wagon Camp Theater, but was so popular that by the end of the first seven months, it was scheduled every day, and then night shows were added in the evening during the summer months. So there you go. Bob Elmore, executioner by day, cowboy gunfighter by night. If only those gigs were simultaneous, that would have been awesome for him. Yep. You actually do remember we went to see that Wild West show in, what, 93 or 94? I don't remember. We did watch it, but... Maybe Surely you just that you're asking if I remember that, considering I grew up in well, yeah, that's Orange true. County, and Knott's Berry Farm was right there, and we went all the time, and I do remember seeing the Wild West show about a thousand times. Well, we went together once. Oh, jeez, you don't need to scare the S out of somebody, reminding them how long we've been together. That's just insane. <laughs> how dare you? I didn't even think about that. Why would you do that to somebody? Know. That's like scaring the paint off the wall. <laughs> Arr! Aren't you just going to bring something up that's so scary know. like that? You got to give warning for that. You got to say, Scott, you got to take a drink because I'm going to scare the living oh, out I of don't you. Know. What's your favorite name in the Jack crew and then also in the Barbosa's crew? I mean, not everyone, just those minor crewmen that we see in this particular minute in the credits. Not part of the main cast crawl, right. but that subsection. You just want the pirate's name. Yeah, just who? What was your favorite pirate's name out of that? Pirate's name? I went with Cortetto. Cortetto is cool. Cortetto is cool. So I, like I looked that name. him up. He's played by Fred Toft. All right. Okay. And he was in The Curse of the Black Pearl and Dead Men's Chest. Oh, he comes back. But that was it. Yay for Cortetto. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. the sole everything of him. Yeah. Hey, I might do that if that was my claim to fame. <laughs> I would travel the comic circuit and do autographs for the rest of my life. He was one of the older gentlemen. Like, I think he was standing right next to, on when they had them all lined up on the dock. Yeah. He was standing right next to Cotton, I think. Oh, okay. Gotcha. For Jack's crew, I'm going with Charlock, which 
eventually whittles down to Charlie and is spelled Tierlack. <laughs> well, I don't see a Charlock on there. Oh, those crazy Gaelic names. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Charlock. Huh? It's wow. actually like Charlock, which oh, really? then, yeah, how it's spelled is Tierlack, but is pronounced kind of a derivation of Charlie, and that's where it comes from. Oh, wow. So there you go. But we're not going to get into English, Old English, Gaelic pronunciations like we've done for in the past. So Barbosa's crew, what do you got for who's your favorite name in that group? It was a rough one. There was a couple I liked. I like Simbaka. But I think my favorite was Nipperkin. Nipperkin's a good one. Nipperkin. Yeah. He's he's a little cold. (laughs) And Nipperkin. It reminds me of Christmas vacation. It's a bit nipply. I mean, (laughs) Nipperkin was played by Don Ladaga. Okay. And he was in The Curse of the Black Pearl. He also was in Earth and Fire. No. Is that the band? No, there's a movie. Earth and Fire? Is, was there even a band, Earth and Fire? Is yeah. that Fire and Water? <laughs> no, fire I, and water I think either. it was Earth and Fire. I don't know. We're too young for that. But. Okay. Earth and Fire does not ring a bell. It's probably as popular as Big Business with that we remember that. It's, it's memorable just like that movie was. Probably. And he was one of the pirates that surrendered to the Navy after being uncursed. And he was taken back to Port Royal and home. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I went with Dog Ear. And I think I had to just because... Dog ear. I like dog ear. It seems some sort of descriptive name. And although I don't remember that he had any kind of folded ear action himself, maybe he's like the only pirate that actually reads a book on the ship and they named him after him folding (laughs) his page down at night. Maybe. Come on, dog ear. Quit reading. Put your book down. (laughs) We got plundering to do. No, I got to finish this last chapter. Oh, we're plundering today. (laughs) You're the only one that can read. Don't rub it in. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's why I went with him. Another name that caught my attention, and I say this because we have a second Weatherby going on here. Yeah, I noticed that. We couldn't get more creative than recycling Governor Swan's name and giving it to a crewman on the Pearl. What the hell is yeah. going on here? Two Weatherbees? What's up with that? We have two Weatherbees in Curse of the Black Pearl. Isn't one enough? That's my question. Was it a popular name back then? I'm glad you asked. Because oh, awesome. guess what? I did my research on this. Wow. I was shocked, actually. You're shocked that I would do research on, on this? that? Yeah, because it'd be, I don't know. My mind was boggled. Like I didn't know what the hell was yeah. going on. Okay. Because I thought two Weatherbees is not possible in this movie. Yeah. Who did that? That's weird. You got dog ear, so obviously you're starting to run out of things. Elephant trunk. <laughs> scar. I don't know. You could come up with a thousand different characters. You've done it before, Disney. Come on, guys. Well, they had Scar us. They could have Scar okay, and Scar they could have come up with something. Trust me, this is Disney. They're come good with coming up with names. They could have gone mustard since they have ketchup. Yeah, see? They could have come up with something. But anyways, <laughs> you're throwing me off with your craziness. <laughs> the name is derived from a habitational name for someone from a place in West Yorkshire named Weatherby. And that's spelled without an A. So it would be okay. Weatherby as in whether or not I'm going to go to the store today. Okay. And that's the old pronunciation, obviously, in spelling. Today, it's Weatherby with an A. But it comes from Old Norse words that translate weather being sheep in by, or bry is actually how it was pronounced, meaning farmstead. So there you go. Huh. Sheep farmstead, kind of what they did. Because wow. a lot of those names we talked about this before kind of have some derivation of what your job was. Yet, as far as popularity, and this is what I really needed to know, I didn't see it making any list I checked for the time period. I then went to Ancestry.com, trying to see if I could find out how many historical records are of Weatherby. Yeah. Well, they say there's, in their database, mind you, this isn't the world, but 
This goes back a long ways in ancestry. There's yeah. only 173,742 historical documents with Weatherby on ancestry. Really? That's a low number. Yeah. To have two in this movie, I think it's overrepresentation. Yep. I think it's somebody just, liked the name. Yeah, somebody liked the name. Or forgot there was a Somebody's pirate. Somebody's related to Weatherby and they put it in here twice just to show that. Yeah. How something. That's just wrong. Overrepresentation for sure. That's why we <laughs> had the tea party here. They're sick of it. We're not having you guys trump up Weatherby in the US. We're throwing your tea overboard. Then the whole tea party thing got started and that's what happened in Boston. So there you go. History for everybody there. There's a couple of job titles in the credits that caught my attention as well. So not just crazy names. Mine too. There is the cryptic and ambiguous consultant that appears in the credits. And that's for Jim Byerkit. A little IMDb search and it's actually James Ward Bycrit. Not that it helped me at all. <laughs> Apparently his credit is for an art department consultant after a deeper dive. He comes back in other Pirates of the Caribbean films as a storyboard artist and directs the Pirates of the Caribbean short film Wedlock that we'll be oh, covering really? in a bonus episode coming up. Huh. He worked on Mouse Hunt and Rango, so he has a tie with Verbinski, so they must be some kind of pals. You know, looking up some of these names, I found a lot of people that are associated with Rango. Yeah, well, they find somebody that they work well with and they bring on their crew Yeah. to come back. Makes sense. If they work well with somebody, they're going to bring on people they know. That way the movie goes smoothly, hopefully. Yep. Film Loaders was one that caught my eye as well. And that is also known as a clapper loader or second assistant camera, which is part of a film crew whose main functions are, guess what? Loading film and that clappers? Of, that of loading the raw stock film into the camera magazines, operating the clapper board... At the beginning of each take, marking the actors as necessary and maintaining all records and paperwork for the camera department. So the name Clapper Loader tends to be used in the United Kingdom and Commonwealth, while Second Assistant Camera tends to be favored here in the U.S. So now that everything's digital, do they have film loaders anymore? Yeah, they still load stuff up. They're okay. called uh, SD card loaders. They just bring the little <laughs> tiny chips in there. They <laughs> click it in. And specific responsibilities and division of labor within the department will almost always vary depending on the circumstances of the shoot. But the only person, this film loader, is the only person who actually handles the negative between the manufacturer and the laboratory. Thus, it really can easily render an entire day's work useless if the film is handled improperly. And they still huh. do shoot on film. I don't think that they're all digital. So. Oh, okay. But I could be really? wrong. I didn't look that up. Yeah, You'd I think they'd be all digital these days. I don't know days. now how that's working. Well. There was a couple of initials, too, following still photographer Elliot Marks, those being SMPSP. Do you know what that stands for? SMPSP? Yep. Slow motion production SMPS scene. Okay, you're so off the mark. In <laughs> fact, did you see any slow motion going on in this film? <laughs> no. Then what the hell are you doing over there? It's Society of Motion Picture Still Photographers. I just told you the guy was a still photographer, and you're talking slow motion? Still photography is the ultimate slow motion. Okay, That's then. so slow, it doesn't even look like it's moving. <laughs> there you go. Founded in 1995 as a nonprofit, an honorary organization dedicated to the art of motion picture still photography. Then there's the Libra head technician. This is a person which operates and works with a type of mounting system for film and TV cameras that connects to a crane for certain types of shots. The Libra technician would be the person in charge of setting up cameras on such a mount prior to filming. Sounds much more technical than it actually is and maybe a bit more old school, having to do with astrology. Huh. On that note, and reading everyone's horoscope, all you Libras yeah. out there, you will come back tomorrow. It's in the stars, so don't tempt fate. <laughs> 
Now, my job title is Creature Concepts. Yours is a much better job title. So, I don't know if I was going through the job title or actually the person who does it. Because I didn't really look up the job title. So, the person who does it is actually Crash McCreary. I've heard of him. He has, well, he's... I think it was also a name that reminded me of also a name I think Kurt Russell played. And now I can't think of it, but it just sounds vaguely familiar. Oh, really? Okay, go for it. He's actually, he's best known for Curse of the Black Pearl. And then The Lost World, Jurassic Park, and Jurassic World. Now, he's gotten into this. uh, It's been a lifelong thing with him. He's actually started by observing nature and the deep application of a natural order of things. Wow. Yeah. He's intrigued with visions. This guy needs to talk with Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park. (laughs) He was intrigued with visions of what once was prehistoric wildlife. Wow. I'm glad I came up with that Exactly. But I also told you the Jurassic Park movies. That you did. Okay. He decided to study paleontology. Really? The marriage of factual science and powers of imagination to be the perfect testing ground for what once was only a world of fantasy. Huh. That's an awesome job. Right? He likes paleontology, but he also likes film and sci-fi, so he gets into the business of melding those two together. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So he graduated in 1988 from the Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. Yeah. And then 1998, he met with Stan Winston. Oh, very cool. And it developed into a working relationship for huh. 12 years. His first so he's des- like a protege of Stan Winston, which is awesome. Yeah. His first design was Predator 2. And then he actually won an Annie Award, Rango, in 2012. A what award? Annie Award. And he's done, you know, many other works. Many of which Miniature you... Miniature works. Mini- no. <laughs> many. many. Oh, many. Many gotcha. other works, okay. which many of them you might have heard. Hulk, Time Machine, Galaxy Quest. I've never heard of those. The Village. No. Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, no. Never no? Heard none of those? Of those? Uh-uh. Oh, wow. I'm really sheltered, though. That you are. And that's it with our creature concepts, dude. Mr. Crash. I liked his name, Crash. I do have a question for you. Did you notice there were actually 16 accountants working on this movie? I saw that there were a lot of accountants. It was pretty crazy. What do you need 16 accountants for? Well, there's all these stunt people. There's 90 of those alone. And imagine all the other people. They got to track all these bills and receipts. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Everybody's submitting receipts. (laughs) Submit these by Monday. They're all, damn, you guys. Why all at the same time? God damn, 16 accountants. Counts. Yeah, that's thought crazy. thought that was crazy. It's got to be insane, though, tracking all of these different companies that come in and work, all these contractors that work for the movie, all these expenses. It's got to be an insane process. Yeah. Got yeah. to be insane. So I did kind of look up the underwater camera operator. His name is Peter Zuccarini. Okay. And he's best known for Life of Pi, All is Lost, and Into the Blue. So, one more question for you. What is your favorite underwater scene? Ooh, that's a good question. It was about this dolphin movie, I remember. <laughs> no, within oh, the Curse B- of Black, Black Pearl. Pearl. I think it might be actually when Jack when Jack actually dives off the plank and goes underwater. That might take it for me. Yeah? There's been some other ones that were really good. Because there's actually really great underwater oh, scenes yeah. in this movie from... When Elizabeth falls in and gets the dress and then the dress is off kind of floating. But it it's not there long enough. I wish they would have had the floating dress a little bit longer in the shot. It probably sank pretty quickly. Well, I'm sure it probably did, but I wish it was there longer. And then there's the one with Will and Jack in the longboat submarine. Yeah. But I really do like when Jack goes down 
and then dives in and you see all the sergeant majors and the other fish that are there. Is it just because you can identify the fish? No, I just like it. It just makes me want to go there because it's like, oh, there's some <laughs> coral and there's the fish. I could like, oh, there's really also great there. whites. Not great whites. No. Well, there can be. Okay. But who cares? I do. I think my favorite scene was the one where she jumps off and he drops the dress into the water. Yeah, that's a good with one. With the dress floating I like down the there dress and all floating. the fish. And I think that was my favorite. Yeah, that has a good one too because you. What's nice about that is that it does that look up and you see the fish going by and yeah. stuff. So it gets that different perspective. So that might, maybe I'll change my mind. I don't know. No, you can't change now. So I came up with a list too, as I had promised last week that we might do that. Yeah. Well, Disney came up with the list, but now I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking I just may bump it until tomorrow. Okay. It's a list based on fans and described as the most important by Disney. So will this hold up to the hype? Maybe, but I can tell you my rebuttal to the list will surely put it to shame. <laughs> so how about we get out of here while we leave this wretched hive of scum and villainy and come back tomorrow after refreshed with a wallow in the mud and some grog? Because I'm going out Gibbs style today. Awesome. What do you say? You ready? Sounds you good to me. Else? No, I'm good. Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow with minute 138 of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Now get me some more pineapple juice and... Malibu Room. Boy, that was smooth. Yeah, it wasn't, was it? Oh, do you podcast? No. Uh, doesn't sound <laughs> like it. Heather, no surprise to find you in the tavern with a tankard full of rum in your hand. What was that for? You said you were going to meet me at the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute Cursed Listeners Crew Facebook group hours ago. I was? Mother's love! Why'd you slap me again? That's for not reminding people how to contact us. Get to it, you filthy bilge rat. Man, I obviously get no respect around here. So, Scallywags, thanks for listening. If you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out, and we greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment? Give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. We just might play your voicemail on the show. You can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. And don't forget to join the post-episode brawls on Facebook, our Facebook listeners group, and on Twitter. If you're interested in best-of clips... You can find us on SoundCloud. All the links are on blackpearlminute.com. It's that easy.